think of his grace and his mercy And oh yeah, how he loves me All I can do is thank him for blessing me He shows me from the hurt and the pain A touch from him and you will never be the same Yes, I gotta thank him for saving me I thank him for my blessings every day that I wake up. We were born into this sin, but he decided to save us. Wasn't grateful for my life, but now I thank him every night. Because without him, I'd be lost. Now the problem has been solved. I remember all the lies and all the times that I disguised. But now his greatness and his mercy was revealed until my eyes. I'm so alive, I rose up from the dead survive. I cannot help but give him praise. You should come along for the ride. All right, everybody. I want to thank you all for joining us for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and I am super excited about this conversation that's about to go down right now. I was sitting here talking to these amazing women prior to coming on, and I said I was trying to figure out a way to kind of cultivate and figure out a way to close out before I sit my butt down and prepare for my best servant leader title, Mom, and what better way than to listen, to learn, and to receive wisdom from women who do that every single day. Today, we have an amazing panel of moms who every day go out as coaches, as ADs, as commissioners, so many different titles, PR professionals, but they found it not robbery to come on and talk with me and get me ready to be a mom myself. So I'm super excited today to bring you the true servant leaders. Moms and Sports. And I'm going to go ahead and just kind of introduce you to the women that we have to talk to us today, and we'll get this conversation started. I'm going to start, go ahead and introduce this person. She's a servant leader already. She's been on before, um, always had a willing spirit to talk to me. We have servant leader Jackie Smith Carson with us. I want you to go ahead and come off, introduce yourself, tell them a little bit about you and your babies, and I appreciate you for being here, sis. Awesome. Thank you, Chelsea. This is, I'm looking forward to just listening to all these phenomenal mothers and women and servant leaders. My name is Jackie Carson. I am entering my 12th year as a head women's basketball coach at Fermi University in Greenville, South Carolina. I have two amazing divas, London, who is just turned 10 um, in August, and Lathan, who is, uh, who is seven and a half, as she will correct me on quickly. Her birthday is in October. So um, just blessed to be here, blessed to um, just learn and grow and to feed into my future niece that's coming. Um, and so uh, just happy to be here. Thanks, Chelsea. Absolutely. And I appreciate that, especially with you having two divas of your own. So I'm definitely gonna be coming at you, uh, you know, shortly. <laughs> I appreciate you. We also have servant leader, Johnnell White with us. She's also a repeat offender on the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I thank you for being here. Go ahead and introduce yourself to him, please. All right, let me click off that mute button. Well, hello, everyone. <laughs> so good to be here. And Chelsea, thank you so much for the invitation. My name is Janelle White. I'm the Senior Associate AD in SWA at IUPUI. I've been there for three years. And I don't know if I'm going to lead the way here, but I have four um, lovely ones. Uh, actually, one has a volleyball game tonight. So when I finish this, I'll be rushing off to, to catch game two and game three. That's my life these days. But um, I have three girls and a boy. So Micaiah is 14. That's my oldest. I have a 10-year-old Jalen 
an eight-year-old Layla and a five-year-old Deuce. He, he came in, the boy came in last, Finale was gonna be his name. Cause I told my husband, you have one more time after Layla and he, and he did it right. So we, we had our Finale son. But again, I'm just excited to share this time and space and learn from all these other phenomenal women. <laughs> For sure, I appreciate that. And, and I'm gonna I'm take that as a positive because I was sitting here, I say I want to, and I want a boy, so I'm going to hope that rubs on off, but we're going to see. Uh, I thank you for being here. Next, we have none other than Kelsey Rogers with us. I appreciate you being here, sis. Come on off and introduce yourself to uh, to our listeners. Hey, Chelsea. Thank you. Um, my name is Kelsey Rogers. I'm the Senior Associate AD and SWA at Georgia State. I'm going in my 13th year here. Uh, and I have three little ones. Um, so I have twins that are four years old, girl, Sage and Zoe. And I have a little boy who is one years old and he wreaks habit. So not sure if you want the boy first, it might stop you from having any others after that. But uh, I'm excited to be here and learn from everyone. <laughs> I appreciate you, sis. And the funny thing about that is that's what everyone tells them. They're like, okay, until you have one. <laughs> Next up, we have another one of the divas on here. I just watched her for a while, finally got this thing to connect. We have my servant leader, head coach at Jackson State University, Tamika Reed. Come on up and say hello to our listeners. Hello, everyone. I am so thankful to be here tonight. Um, I am Tamika Reed, the head women's basketball coach for Jackson State University. I am entering my fourth year here at Jackson State, right in my hometown of Jackson, Mississippi. And um, I have a son who's nine years old. Um, and, you know, he's very dear to me. He's, he's my right hand. He's a uh, type one diabetic. And so he stays with me. I, I'm, I, I coach him. I mean, I coach and uh, travel and teaching mom. So you can call me Dr. Coach Reed. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I love it. That's it. And one thing you learn is you mind y'all wear multiple hats. And that's why I'm so impressed by it and so thankful for it. So I thank you for being here today, sis, for sure. This one right here, Lord knows I love her. She's been another one of our servant leaders. Uh, definitely crossed paths even because she stepped through my alma mater, Livingstone College, but currently at Georgia Southern. Come on off that mic. We have servant leader Anita Howard with us again. Thank you for being here, sis. I see how you threw that HBC love in there. You know, it, I had to so. throw it in there. I had to do it. <laughs> uh, no, Anita Howard. I'm going into my third year at Georgia Southern University. Um, I have three beautiful kids. They're all taller than me. So I'm the youngest in my household as far as height goes. Um, but my youngest is about to be 20 this year. Um, he's 19. He plays soccer. Jason, my middle child, who is our diva, um, Fallon, she turned 22 this year. And then our oldest, who think he is a grown man, he's living out in North Carolina now, uh, little Theo, um, he's 24. And so that is the Howard twin. I love it. I appreciate you. Another repeat of our servant leaders. I love this lady. Just uh, such a calm spirit, amazing spirit. So much going on with her. I asked, I said, I know you're tired. So I hope you rest after this, sis. But thank you for coming back on. We have servant leader Jackie McWilliams with us today. Go ahead and come off mute. Let them know where you are, what you're doing, and how we have you on here today. Uh, thanks, Chelsea. Good to see everyone. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, the commissioner of the Central Intercollegiate Athletic Association, known as the CIAA. For uh, life. For life. 
Um, <laughs> I have, um, I'm going in my 10th season as the CIAA commissioner. Uh, so quite exciting to, to, to get out of this, whatever this thing we're in, but to start season over. So I commend all of you coaches for what you're doing. I have one and no possible and a dog. Um, <laughs> Simone uh, Marie is uh, 15. She's in the 10th grade. She is my joy and pride, all that and then some. She was an alien for about two seconds and she came back out to real life. And so I'm really enjoying watching her blossom. And so um, I'm looking forward to having some greater conversation on this journey of being a mom and being a professional, no matter what your title is. I love it for sure. I appreciate you so much. Next up, we have another one who's been on here. Y'all, she's been having me chuckling all day and I really appreciate it. Uh, we have servant leader Tamika Smith-Jones does. Come off mute and say hello to our listeners, please. Hi, Queens. Nice to see and meet um, some of you all. Very honored, Chelsea, to be a part of this um, esteemed panel. I'm Tamika Smith-Jones. I'm the chief operating officer here in my hometown, Atlanta, Georgia, hootie hoo, at Kennesaw State University. I have um, two darlings. I call them my best work because uh, although we do a lot of work in college athletics, I try to make sure that I do not neglect uh, my pride and joy. And so I have Tamaya, who is my mini me. Um, she's a 13 year old eighth grader. So I uh, moved her away from her um, friends in California. So, you know, um, I could use all the support and prayers as possible for eighth grader. Um, and then my son, who is a uh, following in his mom and dad footstep, HBCU, Clark Atlanta freshman, T. Micah. Um, and so I'm excited about learning from you all. So many of you I've already taken a lot of notes from. Jackie, I see Ingrid is on as well. So I'm looking forward to, and I have no possibles either. So thank you. <laughs> Y'all are tickling me with that. I love it. Thank you so much. Next up, we have, oh my goodness, this is my sister. I'm telling you, I feel like I've known you my whole life. Definitely a servant leader already. So many hats that she's wearing, but she found a not robbery to be with us today. We have servant leader Jessica Kern Huff with us today. Go ahead and come off mute and say hello to our listeners. Hey, ladies. It is, wow, it's it's full circle to see all your beautiful faces. And um, Chelsea, you know how I feel about you. I'm so excited about this next phase of your life. I mean, I think I can speak on behalf of everyone and say that we all think you're absolutely amazing. And I cannot wait to see just what God speaks through you in this next journey of life. Um, but I am Jessica Kern Huff. I am the CEO of the Jessica Kern Foundation. And I have to get used to saying this. So I'm going to say I'm the first lady of Marshall football here at Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia. And I am mom to BJ. He is a nine-year-old, although if you've seen him, he looks 13. Uh, we, as of today, are 5'3 and 130 pounds, so uh, hopefully he'll be on somebody's roster doing something someday soon, um, but again, um, as a mom, I think my, my best title and what I've learned from literally every woman on this call is being a servant first, and um, I just really appreciate you having me. Um, this is a full circle moment for many reasons, and I'm really elated um, to be on this call. I appreciate this. Don't you start, okay? Because I haven't felt emotional yet. So don't you start, okay? Nah, but I appreciate you. Next, we have an amazing servant leader who's been with us before. I've actually even graced her show with my presence and definitely ready-made family. We have servant leader Anitra Burton with us. Come off mute 
Say hello to our listeners. Hello, good evening. Thank you all for joining us. I am honored and it is indeed a privilege to be amongst all of these amazing women today and our sister friend, mother to be Miss Chelsea. I am the director of operations and executive director of the All Access Network. I am mom and dog mom. As you can see here, this is the baby, Bugsy. I have a 22 year old son, Clayton, a 17-year-old daughter, Dr. Alia, and future CEO, 15-year-old Isaiah Miller. I am truly blessed and honored every day. They are my why. I am surrounded by incredible people every day, and I, I'm very very thankful that God has put me in the position that I'm in. I do not know where I would be in this life if I was not a mom. Okay, there's moments when everybody's jumping off the cliff. I think I want to go to, oh, I got kids. I got to go to the grocery store. I got to go to Walmart. I got to do this. I got to do laundry. And then I'm going to sleep peacefully. So I'm just thankful for my babies every single day. They get me up in the morning. Sometimes they keep my blood pressure up, but hey, it is what it is. <laughs> I appreciate you for that, sis. And I look forward to all of that that you mentioned the good and the trying. And how about that? <laughs> uh, I want to make sure, because um, I know some of you all's names are. Tamika, are you here? I don't want to skip her. Okay, just making sure. And so our last one, and I appreciate this one so much because she's actually right here in my hometown, Tallahassee, Florida. We have servant leader, Brooke. Make sure I say this right, please. Make sure I say your last name right, please. Wickoff. It's okay. It's Wyckoff. And Wyckoff. I was going to do that first. But yes, right here. No worries. Tallahassee, go nose. Go ahead and introduce yourself to our, our listeners. <laughs> hey, everybody. Um, Brooke Wyckoff. Uh, yeah, Brooke is great. Um, I am, like Chelsea said, here in Tallahassee at Florida State University. Um, I'm going into my 11th season coaching there as an assistant. And I have a daughter, Avery, who is about to be eight years old um, in November. She's a second grader. So, so excited to be here, see some wonderful familiar faces, and I'm just excited to meet uh, those of you that I haven't yet. So thank you, Chelsea. For sure. I think all of you all, I think it's very important to uh, put a name with a face. I tell people all the time, the Servant Leader Coaches Bible, so that we're doing this for about a year and a half. And one of the most amazing things about the Servant Leader is it removes the title of the person and it humanizes them, right? But what better way to humanize a person than to have that position, mom, right? That esteemed position that God has blessed us with. There's no way that I didn't get you all on here to stop up all this knowledge that I can uh, before I, you know, join the ranks of you, well, as I already am, but when she gets here in my hands. So we're going to kick this thing off, guys. And one of the things I really just have been thinking about um, over this past month, but definitely this past week, I've watched every last one of you guys, rather be in person rather be from afar. And I truly do, like most people, I'm like, how do they do that? Like I'm sitting here trying to think about my life ahead. Some of you all have also already, already questioned, all right, Chelsea, how are you going to do this thing, right? And so one of the things I just want to kick it off with, and it doesn't matter who starts it off, but I want to talk about balance, right? And when I mentioned that word balance, I started thinking about a few of you guys who I loved the things that you taught me about balance already in our one-on-one -on -one conversations. 
But you guys got to help me out. And I'm sure many coaches that are listening right now who are also moms, how in the world did you figure out the balance once those little people came and still allowed yourself to continue your career? Don't be shy. I don't know I won't if be shy. Balance. Go ahead. <laughs> so, I don't know if there's a thing called balance. I think and I'm glad you came called... off mute because it was you. Your, <laughs> your notes I had pulled out this morning. Yes, go ahead, Miss Jackie. Yeah, I mean, I think for me and maybe all of, I don't know if there's this work-life balance. I think that's overrated to even say. I think there is, um, I think I've found my priorities. I know what's important to me, right? My faith is important, so I get up and I pray. My family's important, so I spend and find time with them. My work is important, so I prioritize my work and I assign things to other people and stay out of their business so they can do their job. Because if I do their job, then that takes away from the other two things that I just said. And so I think it's really about prioritizing what's important to you, right? My mission is to make a difference, be a difference every day. Family, faith, family, focus first. So if that's my mission, then everything else falls underneath that. If I'm out of whack, then the whole team at Williams Parker is a hot, hot mess. That's what I'm very clear. And work is a hot mess. So I don't know if you keep telling people to find balance. I think you find what's most important to you in your priorities, what's your mission and your purpose every day, and how do you live in the best way that you can and still be a great mom, a, good, a great wife, and a great basketball coach or a commissioner. Yeah, I wanted to add to that too. Um, the last Chelsea, like when you and I met, um, you know, the last year and a half has, has really been an absolute whirlwind for us. And that word balance has been thrown out there. Um, but um, as I started getting into life coaching and I didn't understand sort of the importance of that, you've got your faith base, right? We all know that um, that's the foundation of our home um, specifically. Um, but then I had to, to learn how to navigate and I learned something called situational balance. And the balance that may be in your workforce at one place might not be the balance that's at another place. When I was on the sideline um, in a year and a half time, it was walking away from all of my adult life, which was being a college basketball coach, to having my own, to then learning to be vulnerable, making three moves in 10 months, and having balance in Nashville, having balance in Tuscaloosa, having balance in Huntington, and then adding new titles to it, and then different pulls in different directions. So I've really had to learn that the one thing we will never waver on is our non-negotiables. Um, and I want to second that for us, it's faith first. We will never sacrifice the family unit um, for the bigger picture. That's just not going to happen in the Huff household. And then from there, we learn how to situationally balance who can be where on what days. And so I can't say as a coach, I will be honest about that. I can't say that I had it down pat. But I did what I thought was best at the moment. I did what I thought was best at the time. Um, and I want to be really clear on this for especially new moms, because when I was a new mom, I didn't necessarily have that playbook that was like, this is how you do it, or this is how you're going to balance it. Or I didn't even have a mentor at the time. Uh, to be very candid with you, my mentor told me I made probably one of the worst decisions of my life having a kid and being a first time head coach. But again, I learned situational balance, the balance at a Lincoln University, the balance at a Valley, the balance at a Furman. These were all different types of balances to get to the same end goal. And for me, that was to serve, however that meant, serving in my home, 
um, and serving in the workplace. Can I can I um, just share as well on the balance? Yes, please. Um, what I've learned and, you know, having set in um, the coach's seat, the athletic director seat, and now in the COO number two, which I really enjoy because it gives me a lot more flexibility. Um, but I, I was a um, head coach at the time I had my first child and, and I realized very quickly that I was going to be out of control, out of balance. It was just not going to work for uh, what I envisioned for my life. So I made a hard decision um, as well, Jessica, to just, you know, go full time administration. Um, my, my priorities are very clear for me. What's important to me at the moment, that's what I will do. And so I have faith, family, and fun. And I always have categorized working in college athletics as fun. Um, I've learned um, and in my mature years to, to make sure my finances are straight because I have so much fun that I need to make sure the finances straight. Um, and that the finance piece is important. I've invested at a young age because of what my parents instilled in me, but also um, when it comes to, you know, some of the jobs and roles I've had that I couldn't, you know, necessarily balance as well as I wanted to, to I've delegated a lot of responsibilities as a mom. I've had, I've hired chefs. Um, I'm on this Hello Fresh kick now, so I'm doing my own cooking, so follow me. <laughs> but um, I've hired chefs. I've, I've always had a housekeeper. Um, and, um, I like to travel my family with me and that's our vacations. And so, um, the financial piece became very important to me, you know, early in my career. So that's one thing that I would just, um, you know, add to, you know, the balance and balance your checkbooks too, um, because it's going to be important in, in everything that we do. Hey, Chelsea, I'm going to add one thing, cause I don't want to undermine if the, the ability is there is spousal support. Um, you know, and Ingrid said it best, it is about the integration. And, you know, when my kids can come to our fall meetings, you know, my spouse is there watching the kids, they get a little getaway at the resort, but then in the evenings or at lunch, I get to spend time with them or, you know, at seven o'clock, I'm going to be shagging balls for our soccer team. My four-year-olds will come shag balls with me. Right. Um, and so I think the clear communication with your spouses, um, if there's ability to, to have a spouse in the picture, um, I don't want to underestimate how how key and vital that is to having that work life integration and balance, if you want to call it balance. So I remember coming in as an assistant. So um, I think someone said that they came in as a head coach and had their child. I you have to also, as an assistant, know who you're working for and what they stand for. I think I learned that early on. Um, you know, being a single mother at first before I met my lovely spouse. Um, is how to figure out, you know, how to do it, but who also is going to be in your corner and so who you're working for. So as a head coach, when I became a head coach, I want to make sure that if I hired someone who had a family, be it a, a, a female or a male um, that had children, that I was understanding because I know the things that I went through as an assistant um, with the boss who, you know, wasn't about that family environment that, like, like you said, Kelsey, the incorporation, um, allowing your kids to be around. I think it's huge as coaches, and even as administrators, we always talk about, you know, having a family atmosphere. But what does that look like if you're always having your kids away from your job? And so the biggest thing I think um, that has helped me is, is we always put God first and then family is family has to be around all, all of the time. And I tell my staff and my, my players, um, you know, family should come first in y'all's life, too. So if you have something, some coaches think I'm crazy for allowing my players to go home different times for family reunions. But I think it, it's important. You know, because it is just, a, this is a job. Yes, we have fun. 
coaching, you know, sports or being around sports. But, you know, if, if that AD lets you go, then the family's going to be there to, to have your back. And so I think the biggest thing is, is we say it and preach it, but we also have to show it and live it. I love it. Go ahead. Yep. Go ahead, Nisha. I would add to that as well. If you are a mom who is blessed to have a village, which we know you are, you have a physical village that's there with you, extended village that could hop in a car and come. And then you have us out here in the virtual village sending you love and support. If you have a village that you can trust, that you can lean on, that you know that prays for you, that loves you and that will love your child just as deeply as they love you, if not more so, lean up on that village. Allow them to support you and to help you in, in whatever way you and your husband feel is best or see fit, because that will allow you to help learn, I won't call it so much balance as your new normal <laughs> that you guys are getting ready to walk into. Um, sometimes it is going to be out of whack, but you will adapt to it because God has put in all of us what we need to, to be successful as, as women and as mothers. So lean on and utilize your village whenever you feel the need. I'll just piggyback on that because I'm going to be real honest. I wouldn't have made it without my village. Um, would not have made it, you know, like, like uh, Jessica just mentioned, you know, I've, I've never been a first lady, but I'm a football wife. And so, you know, that added on to multiple children to tough jobs and being an administrator, I had to lean on some people that that I worked with. And we talk about, you know, you talk about talk about God and the ram in the bush. He has put some rams in my bushes. And I am so thankful. Um, for them to this day, there's been at least one, maybe two, but one primarily per one person everywhere I've been that I've been able to lean on if my mother or family members weren't able to come and help, you know, where, where we've lived. Because when football season starts, we call ourselves football widows, you know, when, once it starts, they're gone for quite some time. So it's no calling him, hey, can you take so-and-so to the doctor or so-and-so sick at school? It was all on me. So I needed to have that village. So I appreciate um, Anitra mentioning that because that was vital for me and still is to this day. I love it. Okay, all great answers. Y'all got my little wrist hurting over here. You know, she got me having carpet tunnel, but I got to get all this knowledge down <laughs> for sure. So I thank y'all for that. And I'm gonna get some of y'all with this one. Okay, um, so, you know, take a deep breath before you get it. But this is definitely one and I'm going to throw at you, and I even was trying to figure out how I would answer them. Of course, it won't come until I walk in it, but how do you make sure that you don't sacrifice your team, all right? And that team being, if you coach, that team being those that maybe your employees under you, how do you not sacrifice your team, right, but also not sacrifice your family? How do you not sacrifice your team but also not sacrifice your family? Uh, I can, I'll answer that one for myself. Um, for me, because my children are older and my teammate is also a parent. He has three beautiful children and a wife. My teammate understands and is also in the mindset of put family first. 
And when you have like-minded people around you in your atmosphere, it makes life so much easier, so much easier. The kids need to do this. Okay, go do that. I got this. This is not a priority. The kids are a priority. They have a game. They have a musical. They have doctor's appointments. Go take care of the family because he does the exact same. It's family, God, family, and then everything else falls after that. So I'm very blessed that my teammate is of the same mindset of making sure that family is the priority. So the team doesn't suffer. I feel like our team is, I know for a fact that our team is much stronger because we have the same mentality when it comes to our children and our families. And, and I, I would like to share um, my experience on, on this um, has really been to um, communicate, communicate, communicate. So I have family meetings um, on Sunday, my family knows anybody my, and my family is like my kids, my village, anybody that requires anything of me <laughs> need to be at the meeting. And we talk about what my week looks like. My kids are uh, 13 and 17. They old enough to talk about what their week looks like. And they're, and they've been doing this for years. Um, and so we get a real understanding. They, they understand, um, you know, that anything that's going to become an emergency, that's really not an emergency. That means you're not in the hospital, uh, may not, you know, get done. So it's important for us to have those conversations um, very clearly. Um, and, 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 and I learned this principle from my parents. We sat down on Sundays after church and had family meetings, and it has worked, um, you know, very well for me. And then I also, you know, try to make sure on the, on the work side that um, when you talk about humanizing these positions, that they understand that you're not a person, you're, a, you're not a position, you're a person. So I have a hashtag. I'm a person, not a position. And I took that hashtag on when I went to Riverside because I knew I was going to be in a different environment. People were going to expect different things of me. You know, they came to get me. So I need them to know who I'm going to be fully when I show up every day. And I, and, I mean, true story. And in my interview um, with the senior team at Riverside, um, I told them, this is how Tamika is going to show up every day uh, fully for you. If, if we got to have a meeting at eight o'clock every morning and I've got to get my kids, you know, um, to school at seven thirty, and, you know, you all can have this eight o'clock meeting at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock because we're going to be here until eight o'clock at night. Have some consideration for, you know, a 12 hour day. We do it all the time, but it was just one of those things before I even got the job that I had to make sure they understood exactly my priorities. And that was, you know, making sure I'm not on two wheels driving my kids into school. I may want to get out and walk them in days. I'm coming from long road trips the night before. I definitely may want to, you know, spend some time at their school or, you know, so forth. And it worked out perfectly. And I think it also gave my staff a real glimpse of what they could talk to me about. So now they're telling me about things that are more important to them outside of work. Last thing I'll say is, you know, you have to teach people how to treat you and how to manage you and how to, you know, work with you. And so um, I hired, being hired here at, at Kennesaw, one of the things that I, my athletic director said to me very clearly is, you know, um, some of the, the um, challenges that, you know, have been presented um, in, in surveys was the work-life balance. We know that this integration, I understand that, but so my, my thought coming to Kennesaw was, I am here to help you balance more. I want you to give me all the things that, I can do. 
and I will make sure we get those done and you go do those things with your family, with your friends, with, you know, whatever, because we're working really hard, but we're not working smart. So, you know, those are just some of the things in my mindset and philosophies of how I've kind of gone about and navigated um, in, in the spaces and, and places that I've been. Chelsea, I would say for me, I don't separate the two. I don't see one having to be at the expense of the other, you know? So I think that's one of the things I made a mistake on early on is I had so much guilt for being at work. And then I would have guilt for being, attending my kids, you know, activities. But when I learned to embrace, uh, I, I'm Jackie, you know, I'm, I'm Coach Carson. I promise these, each parent that I'm going to take care of their kids. So I, I'm mom to them many months out of the year, I, t I see them more than their parents from, you know, freshman year to their, all the way to their senior year. So I take that role on as the mom. They have, my team has so many mama rules. It's absolutely crazy. You text me when you leave, text me when you get there, you know, and, and they know they have these rules. So I don't separate it. And, and to me, I think it also shows, you know, I take a lot of pride in showing our young women on our team, what this is supposed to look like. So they're coming to my kids' soccer games with me. They're, you know, my kids are at the games. They, they see the balance. They, my kids also see what I invest in my team. They see that mommy is working and they see what that looks like. And sometimes one has to be at the expense from a time standpoint, but it's not the expense of what it means. I'm never going to miss certain aspects of my kids. And I'm not, and I will, I'm the first, I do my own schedule, like, the facility schedule, because I am quick to organize practice around London soccer game. I am quick to organize, are we going to be off because Lathan has a tournament? And I don't apologize for it whatsoever. I say in my recruiting spills every single time, at the end of the day, I want to be a better mom and I am a better coach. But that mom also includes being a mother to your daughter while your daughter is in my care, because then I've become a better coach. If I, if I coach each one of these young ladies like they're my own daughter, then I become a better coach. And I see their point of view a little bit better. So I don't think one has to be the expense of the other. I think you, who you authentically are is going to show through in your job, is going to show through as a coach, is going to show through as a mom. And you don't separate those. I think it makes you better when you're, when you're able to so, show some of your coaching attributes to your kids. And you're definitely better when you're able to show some of your mommy attributes to your players. So I don't think you have to sacrifice one or the other to be really strong at them. You hit it I on the head, Jack. You hit it on the head, yeah. <laughs> um, it be, you know, and for me, you know, when I recruit my players, I always tell them I'm a mom. I'm family-oriented, and they understand that. So if I always come to the gym and I don't have my son or, I'm, you know, I'm never at any of his functions, the first thing they're going to say is, well, I thought you was a family person, you know. They're going to always question it. So you want to make sure you don't lose them and you don't go back on what you told them who you were. And then again, you know, when it comes to my son, I involve him in everything. Again, he's always with me uh, with this COVID and being a type 1 diabetic. Uh, so he's always with me. So when we do team building activities with the team, I'm doing something that he wants to do. You know, he's having fun with them as well. Um, and Jack, like Jackie just said, for the players to see you being a mom and you making it happen. And, you know, my son, he thinks he's my associate head coach. You know, if I introduce my staff, he's like, mom, what about me? You say I'm the associate head coach, you know? And so I have to introduce him as such. 
um, and the girls love him. And if he's not with me, they're worried. Where is Carlin? What is he doing? So just bringing them together and not separating them, not sacrificing one for the other or, or vice versa, but just doing everything collectively, I think it just shows a united front and it shows about who you are, mom, coach, friend, anybody. And I tell my players too, again, y'all, when it's late, text me, call me. I want to know, you know, don't, don't feel like you can't bother, don't, you can't bother me. You know, call me anytime. I'll pick up the phone as if you were my own, my own child. So um, just having both of them collected together, I think it's, it's, it's not a sacrifice. It's just what we do. So now we see how you win all them championships. You got an extra coach on staff. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got to agree. I think, Jackie, you hit it on the head. I always say inspect what you expect. And so it's about being consistent. Who you are at home should be who you are in the office. It shouldn't, there shouldn't be a change up, a switch up. Um, and so with this generation, Generation Z, they want to see consistency. And so they're going to see the disciplinarian that my kids see. They're going to see the love, the, you know, the different little coddling that, that I might show my husband. They're going to see that. And, you know, so I don't not give my, my husband a hug or a kiss or whatever, because they, they need to see that, you know, um, you know, because some of them are coming from single parent homes or, you know, different types of homes. And so I want them to see what my household looked like, because there, there are different types of households, but um, you have to be consistent. I genuinely believe you have to be consistent because if you try to switch up, they're going to call you out on. You know, Chell, I, I love, to me, it's like creating culture, right? You're creating culture in your home, you're creating culture at work, and you're bringing all that culture together. So as the CEOs of our own homes or co-CEOs or whatever you are in your homes or at work, um, we are leading by example every day in creating culture. So what my staff sees um, and the expectations they have for me, I have the same for them men on my staff, you need, is it Mother's Day? Did you get your wife something? You know, birthdays, are you missing birthdays? You know, do you need time off? Are you well? Um, how are your kids doing? Like we're involved and engaged in everybody's life at work and at home. And it's called transparency and vulnerability. If you're not transparent or vulnerable enough to allow people in, then it will be separate. But you gotta be open enough to let students or your players come to your home or, see you kiss your husband or watch you hold hands or hug a little bit or discipline your children like you discipline them. I mean, so some of it is you're truly leading by example as a mom, as a coach, as a leader. It's, they're, they're, it's all the same, right? It's just different circumstances of leadership that you have to sit in those roles in. And it's about uh, creating culture. You want good culture? Then be a good leader at home and in the classroom. And so like if my, my, my children, they're a little older, if they come to practice, you no, know, whatever I'm doing, I'm going to walk off the court, give them a kiss on the cheek. I'm going to always do that. Mm-hmm. But if I'm in a meeting and my players come by and pop in, they know they can knock on the door. Hey coach. So it's the same, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not too busy for my children. I'm not too yeah. busy for my players. And they both know that. Yeah. Chelsea, one thing that um, I had to learn and, and Jackie, talked about it when she talked, um, was, I had to find out it took some time, like what I can handle with the integrating. I love when I can handle having my daughter while I'm coaching. 
there was many times, especially when she was a baby that I couldn't do it. I was not being a good mom and I wasn't being a good coach trying to do both at the same time. So being able to live those experiences, figure out when you can do it together and it's working and it's flowing and you're being your best self <laughs> in both roles. But also like Jackie said, being able to separate the two and say, no, this is the time where I have to be a coach um, obviously during games, but other times, like I have to be a coach. I have to be all in and that's okay. I'm not going to feel guilty for not being with my daughter right now. Cause I'm going to be a great coach. Same thing. When my daughter has something, I'm not going to feel guilty about not, you know, multitasking with the phone or trying to do 10 million things. Um, figuring that out took me a while and I find, you know, she's seven years old. I'm, I finally feel like I have a good balance of knowing, Hey, right now I'm going to be a great coach and I'm all in and, and she is, is a, always a priority, but I'm here now. Um, and then, like I said, the, the cherry on top is when we can integrate it all, we're all together and it's, it's flowing. Um, but that wasn't always the case for me. And I think that's a great point that Brooke makes um, for you, Coach Shells. Um, my mom always told me in those first years, like the kids will get older. You will survive. You will make it. I mean, that is a big deal because now it's like <laughs> you just tell them what you want them to do at 13 and 17. Um, so I don't know what that sweet spot is for everybody, but, you know, around four and five and boys are easy. Yeah, that's my perspective. Girls, they 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 challenge you. They are they are like grown women when they come. So come on, so, sis. I'm having okay. a girl. That's a whole, a girl. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ask the whole question. Go on, ask the other question. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to set you, you know, up. With you. Much you better with the girl part. I'm like, this is a girl, sis. Just in case you forgot. <laughs> I love it. I appreciate that. Like I'm telling you, y'all y'all hitting the ground running over here for sure. And I definitely you know hear you on that. And I think. You know, the biggest thing that all of you all said has come together and I'm and I'm sitting on that because I think as with anything, sometimes we magnify a position and it's like you said, you were like, I'm just Jackie. And I think, why should I be anything different? Why should I approach that anything different and come outside of myself? I'm still Chelsea. I'm not her mom, but I'm still Chelsea and we can do this thing and I'll find out what that balance is. So I think that was amazing on each one of you all's front. So at this one, I'm gonna take a little curveball here. Um, just because one of the things that we all share is just, you know, our spiritual side, how much we truly do. And I'm sure you all had to definitely deepen and lean and depend, right, on the Lord when you became moms, for sure. And of course, naturally, one of the things that I've always been taught, um, and of course, naturally, the, the verse, the scripture, that whole entire scripture of Proverbs 31, it's how I truly do honor my mom and see my mom is how I see every last one of you amazing women is how I aspire to be on a day-to-day -day basis. And of course, it says so many things that you all have discussed today. There's one scripture in particular in chapter 31 of Proverbs, which talks about a Proverbs 31 woman. And it says she equips herself with strength, right? And in the Amplified version, it goes a little further to say spiritual, mental, and physical fitness for her God-given task. So my next question to you all is in obtaining that Proverbs 31 woman, uh, you know, task, demeanor, heart, spirit, how do you replenish, refuel, and keep your mental health and mental space intact when you're trying to handle and do it all 
and keep it all in the middle of the road, as my grandfather used to say. I'm gonna give a quick shout out to uh, Tamika Smith-Jones because her videos of her working out are what inspired me. Because I'm gonna tell you before COVID, that's probably the one area where I struggled. I'm about keeping it real, y'all. That physical side, mm -mm. It, was, it, it, was, it was in the back. Um, I tried to keep my spiritual side and my mental toughness, you know, all of that there, but I struggled on the physical. And it was amazing when I started to work out, when I made time, not found the time, but I made time and put it in my calendar and put it in my schedule that I started to feel a whole lot better. And I didn't, you know, my energy didn't deplete as quickly as it had been. My, I had more mental clarity and I could really just hear what was going on and see things a different way. And that may seem a bit extreme, but when I found that physical side, it was it was very important. So that's a great question. But like I said, I'll be honest, I've, I've, I've lacked in some areas there, but finding that and making sure that you make time for yourself. You have the time, I promise you, you have the time. You just have to put yourself, make yourself a part. We talked about priorities, make yourself a priority. If you was watching her, I grabbed the popcorn and was watching her do her exercise. Good job, girl. Let me, let me just clarify for my sisters here. Um, look, I just, I have never, as a former student athlete, uh, even both pregnancies, I went up to, they had to roll me in because I was working out throughout my pregnancy. I just never stopped. Um, and now at 46, I work out for what you just said, Janelle, is mental health more than physical. I am physically fit, but mental health, I think is, is one of the most important things that, that we can really um, you know, focus on in this day and age with so many things going on. So I did not realize how helpful it was for mental health until I was already physically fit enough. And I was just like, you know, I was craving the workout. And so I prioritized that workout. But the other thing, you know, you talk about the spiritual and, and the mental and the physical, but the other thing I think is important is just as important is um, your nutrition and the people you surround yourself with. I think those are just as important. So I, I I'm a healthy eater for the most part. Um, and I, and I prioritize that because in our industry, we eat out so much. We eat with so many people. I mean, I had a donut lunch today. I got one tomorrow, but I brought fruit for my, bre my, my breakfast this morning just because I, I'm trying to you know, manage all of that. So um, I think you hit it right on, um, Janelle. If, if you prioritize yourself, uh, I know exactly what I need to get through 12-hour days most of the time. And that 12-hour days is integration. That's me getting up my kids first is my priority. That's me getting my coffee and my workout in. That's me getting in this office and working for eight hours, if not 10. And me, you know, being able to have the mindset and the capacity to, you know, wind down at the end of the day, whatever that looks like. And so I do podcasts. I mean, seeing Chelsea's whole list of podcasts, I've been forwarding people that today, as you know, Chelsea, um, you know, people at Kennesaw know I like podcasts. So they send me podcasts, um, you know, just for, you know, spiritual edification. But um, I think that prioritizing yourself is so important. You got to know it looks different for all of us. At 46, I work out probably 30 minutes. If you can't take 30 minutes for yourself to, to get it in. And I do full bodies to be all transparent. I don't have leg days and, and arm day. I don't have time for that. <laughs> so we, we going full body. For 30 minutes though, 
is it. I just wanted to touch on normalizing what's your version of normal. Um, that's very, very important. What may be normal to somebody else may not necessarily be normal to you. Um, I always knew um, that physical fitness had to be a component of, of my life. I am off kilter. I am off balance if I'm not physically fit. That doesn't mean the scale's not going to go up 15 and down 15. But I know mentally it puts me in a better space. When those endorphins get going, I'm really, really good. But I, I, I want to sort of kind of go back and then completely address what we talked about. And the lives that we live with travel and, and Chelsea, you going into motherhood with travel and business meetings and all these things, again, it's normalizing your normal. I have to talk to BJ all the time, you know, because kids at school ask him, you know, your, your soccer game's on Friday, then you're hopping on a plane and we're at the game and then there's media and then there's mom's media and then you fly back and then Sunday that's your normal kid that's our normal and when we normalize our normal it doesn't seem odd he's always had a book bag he's always had a coloring book he's always had his books he always knows pack your snacks if anything you know in this home we pulling out fruit snacks and Capri Suns out of each pocket no one's going hungry in this house it's our normal it's normal for us and I think if you start normalizing what your balance is what your joy is because our kids replicate what we do. Let's call a spade a spade. They replicate what we do. When we're on our highs, when we're on our lows, they see it just like the people in the workplace. They see it. My mental health had to be attached to my physical because now I went from being on a sideline. Guys, we run six businesses. And between six businesses and six board meetings and six sets of boards, being in banks, being in front of committees, having to present in different ways, that's a different type of stress. You may not be running up and down the sideline, but you're literally building your empire. And it all sits and is based on you being in a good space, whether you're having a good day, whether you're having a bad day, none of that matters. And that goes into that protecting your peace. Hi, BJ. BJ just walked in. Um, it goes to protecting your peace. And I think having to find your normal is what's going to assist you in protecting your peace. And this one thing I stand on, you're going to make time for what you want to make time for. That can mean you being a socialite. That can mean the 30 minutes you spend scrolling on your phone to look at business that has nothing to do with nothing. I'm going to say that again. That has nothing to do with absolutely nothing. Could be the 30 minutes that you put on your podcast, that you went outside, that you pounded the pavement and didn't have to pay for a gym membership and got in your mental space before you put your bag down, you put your briefcase down and you got in the office and foolishness comes to your door. You were already ready to rock. So I had to figure out specifically guys. And again, I'm gonna use myself as an example to normalize my normal by having my mental and my physical coincide to be able to be the boss and the generational wealth that I wanted to pass down to my baby and my baby's babies, that had to be normalized for my home to be normalized and for things to be centered for me. So sis, I'm gonna keep it real, real with you right now. I got three little ones. Um, and so it's a lot harder to run off and do a workout. And uh, my wife and I were like, unless you're taking a kid with you, if not more than one, you ain't going to work out unless it's at 4 a.m. in the morning, right? So my normal and my solution was to get that baby hitch on the back of my bike and we're on a silver, silver Comet trail, right? And so it's a lot harder and that's the realness of it. it, it I think it does get easier and a lot of these women's, women will probably attest to that. 
when they're young and you got to keep your eyes on them and then you add multiples, I'm not leaving the house by myself unless I'm taking a kid with me. That's just the reality. So that, that, that was my solution. Get the baby hitch and we're going riding. I will say this, Chelsea. I, I love it. You said part of the, the, the scripture was she, she equips herself with strength. What I take from that is that you have to acknowledge where you're weak, though. And that was my biggest problem. Like, I, we spend so much time in leadership as some, some of us as the head of our household, as the breadwinner. And we, I, my biggest problem is I would never show when I was weak until I broke down. And that was, I was already in a bad space. And so you have to, I think part of it with this motherhood thing is knowing when you need help, knowing when you need to ask your village, knowing when you just need to sit down and be still. Like, Lord, I'm just, I keep saying all the time, I need to be still, I need to be still. Because I would never acknowledge when I was weak because we tell our kids all the time, go ask for help. You're having trouble in this class, ask for help. Go get a tutor. But we already know that we, we don't take our own advice. We don't ask for help a lot of times because we're, we have to show strength. We have to show the power. We have to show the leadership. That's where I would break myself down. So I think part of it is being, is being able to acknowledge before you get to that breaking point where we're just sitting on our bed and crying for no reason whatsoever. It's just that we're broken for a second. You have to acknowledge where you need to develop your strength. So for some of us, that's working out. For me, it's literally sitting in the room, not with a TV on, not with a kid around, not with a husband around, driving in the car, not turning on the radio and just being still for a second and just having a calm come over because the day has been so hectic. So there's just like a refueling of my peace. And it's not that anyone has disrupted my peace. It's just that the world and my job and everything is coming at me. And, and that being okay, going to lunch, going to dinner by myself, like it's, it's just establishing a peace. But the bigger problem is you have to acknowledge when you are weak in order to equip yourself with strength. You have to know where you need to build yourself up. I absolutely, completely agree with Jackie. She hit the nail on the head. And I will add to that when you are finding your peace, protecting your peace, like was mentioned earlier. This past year for me has been a journey, as we spoke about when I was a guest on your show, being better at protecting my mental health. I am the best at saying no and not feeling guilty about it as I've ever been in my life. With the kids, I can say no to them all day. No, you're not going over here. No, you're not doing that. No, this, no, that. It comes easy with the kids. It, well, you'll, you'll learn it when, you know, we'll give, we'll give you some time because everything might be yes when she's little and, and just amazing, but it, it will come to you, I promise. But in the, the work world, the outside world, saying no to projects that you know are not going to bring you peace. They're not going to bring you serenity or, or joy or happiness, the things that they should be bringing you. To say no to something and protect yourself in the first place is a beautiful thing. It's a gift. It is an absolute gift. And to do it and not feel bad about it after you do it is a whole nother gift. So that, that will be my two cents in that. Say no when you need to say no. Ask for help when you need to ask for help. And don't wait, like Jackie said, don't wait till you're curled up on the bed in a ball 
because I've been there. We, a lot of us have been there. Don't wait. Ask for help and say no when it's time to say no. I want to add, um, laugh a little bit. I mean, you know what? There, there's so many things that are so serious about what we're taught because, you know, parenting, there's no book. I mean, some of our parents did a horrible job and some of our parents did a good job. You know, there's some women who do it really well and some who don't. I think when I think about Proverbs 31 and that power and strength, I mean, even today, I'm like, okay, God, I don't know the answer today, but show me, show me what I need to do. Do I need to get up early and take her to school or let her get on the bus? She got on the bus. I mean, you know, be okay with how God responds and stop trying to respond to everything before God responds. That's one thing that I've worked on. You know, the mind, body, and soul is important. I've done Weight Watchers because I can't stand to be heavy, but I don't like to run. So just trying to find that thing that works for you and how you eat, I do think it's all connected. When your mind's a mess, your body feels horrible. When your body's a mess, your soul feels horrible. So somehow when you talk about balance, I mean, really, how do you balance all of that to make sure that every day that you can be your best? And for me, it's a lot of laughter. I mean, I couldn't find a better husband or teammate that we laugh every day about something. There's no argument because it's funny. It ain't funny all the time, but you make a laugh out of it. You know, laughter is really good for the soul. And when your children laugh, I love to hear babies laugh. Chelsea, make that baby girl laugh every day if you can. There's nothing like hearing a child laugh and there's nothing like hearing grown people's stomach gut-wrenching laugh um, because I think there's something said about the soul. Laughter is good for the soul. I think we take a lot of things real serious. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, tomorrow's not promised. So did you spend your time trying to figure out what you're going to do about what you can't, you don't have any control? Are you going to laugh and go take a walk and enjoy 45 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe five minutes? Do something to get your body moving. Tamika does a really good job in consistency. And I think she's been a, a great model. I remember putting on your Instagram, girl, you said you need to do something. Like, don't just watch me, you get up and get, and I still didn't get up and do anything. But when I decided to, like all of us, I mean, you know, you know what you know. When you're over 50, your metabolism, she hides from you. She don't care about you. You got to go find her. So you got to do things differently, you know? And if you want to still be good, if you're married and you have a partner, I want to look good for my husband every day and I want him to look good. So we motivate each other to stay healthy, to eat well. And I feel as the, that proverb said, I have that responsibility to make sure that my family eats well and that I'm a model, model mom in doing that. But laugh, it's okay. <laughs> I, you hit the nail on the head on that one because I do, I tell people all the time, that's one of my favorite sounds is hearing little people laugh, right? Um, I love, I love it. And their little shoulders. Like not this. a care in the world, not a care in the world. I think I have a hand. I want to make sure it's not inadvertent. Maybe. Oh, Hershey. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. All right, cool. Um, really quickly, let me throw it this way. And Brooke, I'm coming to you because you actually not only are a coach, but you stand in an amazing position, have put together an amazing organization with moms um, who are coaches. So can you talk a little bit about one, juggling hats? Jessica kind of went on that a little bit but what that organization has done to one help you and will probably help other coaches who are listening. Could you talk about that for a second? 
Sure. Thank you for asking. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, and there's so many women on this call that have been an integral part um, to moms and coaching from day one, uh, Jackie, Anita, and I, it, it really was um, started out of the pure, like kind of like you're doing Chelsea. This is so awesome because you're, you're asking for this knowledge, you're asking for this support and it's helping us learn you know, we're further down the road from you. It's helping us learn. It's, I feel, you know, just so fed and built up by this call. And that's what, um, that was kind of the motivation behind starting Moms and Coaching. And what it is, is mostly uh, women's basketball, college women's basketball coaches. Um, but we do have some people that are high school coaches or administrators that are involved. Um, and really it's a, it's a support group um, uh, for moms that coach and kind of do what we do. And that's how it started. Um, just a chance for me to, uh, as I was pregnant and had no idea what I was getting myself into, I had didn't work with anybody that had kids. My boss had never had anybody that had kids and she was freaking out. So I'm like, Oh my gosh. But just to know really like, and it started with getting us all in a room. Um, not all of us, but a lot of us in a room at the final four to look around, like, I'm looking around on this call right now and seeing these mother, there's so many of us out there doing this and it can be so isolating, um, you know, to feel like, am I the only one that feels like I'm just trying, like, like, here's the water. My mouth is right here and I'm drowning, you know, like that, that's a lot of times how I feel <laughs> when it's just all like, there's so much going on. But I think of those women in the room from Jackie, if you remember that first meeting we had back into, I mean, I literally just picture those women and I'm like, they're all doing this. I can do this. And that's what moms and coaching is about. Um, just knowing that we're out there. The second piece that has become really clear for me as a mission of moms and coaching um, is to, like we've talked about, um, Tamika, I think you're the one that said it maybe in the chat that we can be um, examples and give people like permission to do this. Um, that's what I want young women to see. And like, we're modeling for our players, but on a big scale that not only the ones that are on our specific teams, but as a culture, as a society, women's basketball, whatever sports, there are so many women doing this and we need to be seen so that young women can say, I want to coach. I want to feed into the lives of these women. I don't want to feel like I have to choose. I don't want to feel like, you know, I've had so many players look at me and go, like, I don't think I can do what you do. And I'm going, yes, you can. <laughs> and, 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 and just being that example as a collective group is another big thing that, about moms and coaching that I would love. So thank you again for asking me about it. And this is exactly this feel that we have on this call um, is what we want in moms and coaching. And, and I hope that all of you can, can, um, participate at some point. Cause we love to have the more, the merrier administrators and anybody from any field. No, for sure. And I appreciate you. And I definitely want to do that because I know, you know, even before I knew I was having a little person, um, you know, I saw the group out there and I loved it. So I was like, I knew it was going to be one that I was coming from, um, Brooke. And also too, can you put that info in the box um, so that we can have it for the chat information as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you. So I'm gonna ask this question. This is a, another forum question, but I'm gonna come to um, Coach Speaker first with it. And I know that everyone has kind of crossed that path. So sick babies, it happens. The little people get sick. You're in season, you got a deadline, you know, uh, you have a big business meeting that morning, that little person, is ill 
I'm gonna start with you, Tamika. How how do you handle that thing? <laughs> well, you know, I think um, the most important thing is being transparent about your situation and who you are and what you represent. Um, in my situation, with my son being a type one diabetic, um, everybody knows that, and everybody knows he he's above everything. You know, if he's not feeling well, if his sugar is elevated, they understand I'm not coming to that meeting. Um, if I have practice, I, I will either push practice back or I will let my assistant coaches run it or I will cancel practice. Um, and so, you know, it, it's very important that, you know, that's, that your child gets your attention, you know, especially when they are sick. Um, but just being transparent and, and taking that time and, and taking the time away from work and not feeling guilty about it. Um, because at the end of the day, if something happens to our kids, this job is going to keep going. You know, they're going to find if you have to leave and, and you resign because of whatever, they're going to find another coach and it's, it's going to keep growing. It's going to keep rolling. So um, that's that's one of my non-negotiables. You know, that's something I won't sacrifice the time with my child when he's not feeling well. Um, and with him being a diabetic I, at halftime of games, I check his sugar. Um, I give him insulin at halftime at the games. We go right to check his sugar at the games. Um, we give him insulin at the games. Um, and I'm doing that myself. I don't have anybody else doing that. It's just him and I because he doesn't trust other people to sh give him shots to the needles. Um, so I'm very attentive to it. And because it goes at my pace, everybody understands. Okay, Coach Reed, not she's not coming in right now at the game. She's checking his sugar right now. She's giving him insulin. And they are patient with me because I set that tone. And so um, I think that's really important, uh, you know, when we have our kids who are ill or sick or diabetes, something like that, that, you know, you're transparent, but everybody knows what's going on with you. I think it goes back to the village we talked about um, as well, um, and being able to know that it is absolutely okay to step away when your son or daughter is sick. Um, when it's all said and done, uh, you know, Jackie, I can't, I can't say it enough. The CIAA was a, a family like I've absolutely never had. Um, and, and that's biological. Let me say that as well. The women that had their hands on my son's life, the first three years of his life were so instrumental, carrying him, taking care of him on the sideline. Um, what a lot of people don't know, BJ was a 10 pound baby. And with that came a lot of health issues because everything developed way too fast. So he had the adenoids. His adenoids have been taken out twice. He got his tonsils removed before he was two years old. So we were in children's hospital for a combined total of four weeks um, over the first three years with one week of surgery this and one week of surgery that. I had amazing assistant coaches. I didn't skip a beat. And when I wasn't at the hospital, Dianthea Forkey was at the hospital. She was sitting there with him. Oh, come on, emotions, don't go there. He was sitting, she was sitting there with him, sitting in the hallway when he would be screaming because they couldn't get the IV in. But I didn't have to apologize. I never had to apologize for being a mom. And I have to say that because I'm speaking to somebody and Chelsea, you know me, I prayed on this before I got on this call. You don't have to apologize for being a mom. There are too many times that we close our doors in our office and we do have a breakdown. Yep, at work, because you're crying over motherhood. That's not a tear, a, a loss, a crappy loss is what gets you infuriated, knowing you have to be there for your baby because it is an innate ability for us to fix 
to foster, to help. That is second nature. And so I'm just saying that to say, I thank God that I had an amazing mentor who was granny to this day, who, yes, she gave it to me, <laughs> trust, but she never made me choose. And I took that with me for the duration of my coaching experience. I have my faith-based business plans to any time money is involved in my life. Because I need you to know, if you approve this loan, if you choose to go into partnership with this foundation, we don't compromise on our faith. And a part of that is our family. So there's going to be a time where there's boo-boos and there's injuries and there's sickness and there's unexpected sickness. And it's a part of the beast, but it is the most joyous experience that I can say to hold your baby, for them to look at you back and know that you're always going to be there. So I'm saying that because Jackie's on this call. We've really never had this moment, but I can't thank Dianthe enough for telling me face-to-face -face and her actions and her words coincided with women in leadership. Things happen and that's okay. And I'd just like to touch on that village um, piece again. Um, you know, I moved away from my family, my support to California. Um, before then I went to, to Texas and, and my mom was like, you know, what are you doing? And all of your support is here. I'm here, you know, my kid's father's here, like, but, you know, I hit a ceiling where I was, I knew I was looking for something else and, and I, I knew I could do both and that's be a great mom and, 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 you know, be a great professional. And, um, somebody said it earlier, how, you know, God just put those Rams in the bush. I think it was Janelle, um, that, that, I mean, I went to San Antonio, didn't know anybody worked for a woman leader who, I mean, Lynn Hickey is like, uh, I mean, we love each other so much. It, it's just, I, I just can't even explain it. But I, as probably 10 years, if not more younger than her, gave her permission to be a woman leader in an environment in the boys world, starting football. She couldn't even go get her hair done because she thought, you know, the boys was going you know, give to her, give her a problem or she was going to miss something. And me being in that environment, having sat in the athletic director seat, um, she said to me, you know, you, you're a great mom. She said, you do a great job, Allison. I want to support that. Anything you need, however you need to do it, do that. And I took that and I never looked back. And um, she shared with me some of the things and in, in, in times that she missed opportunities with, with, uh, with her, her daughter. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those things where you get to learn, you know, from the best in the business and not, you know, make those same missteps and because they help you. And this is why this is this platform is so important. I moved to, to San Antonio. I, I've always taken uh, one of my nieces or nephews that are college age students with me and help them invest in higher ed and earning their degree by coming to, to live with me. I always had an extra bedroom and they was always drivers. They would, anything, any gaps that I needed to be filled. And part of that responsibility was I was going to feed you. I was going to house you. This is your priority when I'm not available is, is these two kids to help me with them. And we're going to make sure you earn a degree. I, I have a young lady out in Phoenix. She's at um, Arizona State now that came to California with me, did it just that way. And so there, there's just a way to, you know, kind of pay this thing forward. If you just be vulnerable. I mean, parenting Chelsea is the, it, 
you don't learn vulnerability until you really become a parent. I'm telling you, the kid's going to tell you exactly all the things you probably don't want to hear. They're going to tell you, but um, you can, you can do it. And it's so um, exciting to, to be able to learn and be able to pass that forward to um, all the 18 and 22 year old, you know, men and women that, that, that watch us um, do it not perfectly, but um, we normalize it. Right, Jess? I definitely agree. I have a, I see you, my other Tamika hopped on. I see the hand. Go ahead. You have something for us. Yeah, you can go ahead on. I'll be quick and I'll tell you, I got my time zones mixed as up. As soon as you hopped on, I knew exactly what it was. <laughs> and I, yeah, it was. And I, I was at tennis with my daughter. Uh, and I know we're talking about motherhood, but I totally forgot. Baby brain never goes away. She's five. But I'm a former high school coach for 10 years, and then I coached college the last two. And then now I run my business full-time, Green Ground Athletics, and I work with female minority women. That's my spiel. But two things. The other coach, Tamika, said something, and she said, being transparent. And I met with Chelsea last week, and I said that transparency allows you to have allies. And as long as I thought I was superwoman, everybody thought I was superwoman too. <laughs> And it almost killed me. Seriously, it really did. Um, so that's my first thing. And she said something else. See, she set the tone. So I was a coach eight years before I had a kid. And I was the, the kind of coach that would stop and drop everything to go check on other people's kids. So I had made tons of deposits in other people's kids. I had shown my level of character and integrity and my heart for serving them. And when I got ready to have a kid, I was very nervous um, that it wouldn't be reciprocated because I was on bed rest. And I remember um, people were letting my program go to, to hell, right? And I was like, what the heck? And uh, had a dose of reality that that's what would happen if I didn't place myself and my child as a priority. Um, or if, if I put the, the business over my kid that they let it go to hell and get the next person like coach Tamika said um so I had I have faith that eventually I was nervous a little bit that I had put enough deposits in other people's kids that and just showed who I was that they knew without a doubt it was a non-negotiable that I was going to put my kid before anything else um so that's what I had to add <laughs> sorry I'm late again Oh, you're good, boo. I appreciate it so much. It was definitely right on time. But like I said, I knew when you hopped on, I was like, oh, that time zone got her. At least you made it the last time when it was just mano y mano. So I appreciate that. And we're going to start closing up on this. And this, this has been such an amazing dialogue. I wish you guys could see my notepad over here uh, to the right and then my phone to the left. I had to be doing both. But it's just so amazing, all the things that you've said. And as we close up, there's definitely um, want to go with this question that I'm going to come at each of you guys really quickly and servant leadership. This is a servant leader. So of course, naturally paying attention to the past year and a half doing this podcast, this platform, truly recognizing that servant leadership piece following Christ as he will want us to lead. I have the question for you all. Um, I'll try to give you a little head start, but servant leader is a huge title, right? People even go further to say that motherhood it's truly a calling from God that he has given and laid on us. So what does servant leadership mean to you 
in terms of your position as mom? And I'm going to start with my sis, Jackie Carson. find that mute button. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go off a little bit off kilter because what I had to learn how in terms of my family um, to remember about being a servant leader in, in terms of motherhood is that I have to be a servant leader to my husband first. Um, that, that was difficult for me. Um, but I think we all know that we, we got to honor our man sometimes. That's the thing. And and I didn't do it enough, you know, so to sometimes show my babies what that looks like, I, I had to honor my man more. So to be a better servant leader as a mom, I had to start being a better servant leader as a wife. We went to a marriage retreat and they talked about how your husband is in front of your kids. And I was like, uh-uh, but I was wrong. Like for me at, at that time, I, I had the order backwards. So I think part of it when you're leading you know, a, a family that's driven by Christ and is that you got to remember that you also often have to serve your, your husband. And to me, that used to mean something different. I was like, nah, he need to serve me. You know, like, you know how we think sometimes, but, um, so the servant leader of being a wife, and then I think it just also leads into being, I, I really strive every single day to, for my, my girls to look at me and think I can be that too. So then by the time they get to my age, they'll be better than me, you know? And so like, I want them to see Superwoman, but I want them to see Superwoman's flaws. I want them to see when mommy has to cry sometimes when mommy is not feeling good. Like I want them to see the whole package. So I think that's what, and I want to give them everything that I possibly can. If that means spoiling and rotten, I'm going to spoil and rotten. But I also want them to know what it's you know, I need to teach them, you know, to have a conversation about what racism is to my daughter was the hardest conversation ever to, to I have to serve them everything on a platter so that they learn how to be absolutely phenomenal, you know, just women in all fronts. And I want them to look at my, their mommy and say, that is a phenomenal woman that I'm going to model that. So that's, that's my thing. I want them to see it just the same way I saw it from my mom. Um, but I also want them to see that mommy honors daddy as well so there, there's my my spiel it's probably too long so i'm sorry Jill. no it was perfect <laughs> i love it no it was perfect now i'm gonna go to servant leader jackie mcwilliams for your answer yeah i like how jackie answered it so i want to hashtag copy what she said i i do think um you know if you leaders serve right and if you think of if you're you know, if you're women of God um, and you trust the Lord in all that you do, and he's my model mentor. So when people ask me who's my mentor, I say Jesus first, because I think he's the greatest example of servant leadership. And when I think about what my responsibility every day is to my husband, to my, I got a husband, y'all, to my daughter. I just got married five weeks ago. So let me have my bliss. Um um, my husband second time around. That's a whole nether, you know, when you talk about, um, you know, serving my daughter to make sure that she's healthy, right? That she understands transition in the best way, that she knows how to move the room without mommy, right? That's servant leadership where she knows how we're going to walk in this room, don't ask for nothing, don't do any that, smile, and then let's talk about the experience, right? So I think teaching the teacher, 
is servant leadership. I think having a heart of God, when you're having a bad day, you making it about you. My good day is when I make it about other people. And so to me, that's servant leadership. And where my daughter, when I'm watching her at 15, be able, and what I've told her is, if mommy left today, I need you to be able to take care of your best you. If you never saw me again today, can you wash your clothes? Can you love people around you? Can you clean your room? Can you wash your face and clean your, you know, those things. That's servant leadership. You're training the trainer every day with a heart in mind that they're doing something better to make the world better, not just for themselves, but for people around them. I'm all here. I love it. I love it. I'm going to go to Brooke. What do you have for us, Brooke? <laughs> it's hard to follow those two. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, those are great answers. And I think, um, yeah, just understanding like one of the things that I try to do and don't do it well is being all in, like I talked about before, where I am right then, knowing that just in life and the big picture, I am where God has me. You know, if it, it I'm, I trust that I'm in the place that he wants me to be. And, and if I'm, if I'm there, if I'm fully invested in where I am and not worrying about what's going to happen next or what mistakes have gone on or what's this person doing and being all there, then I have the opportunity to be available, to be the best servant leader, to pour into the girls that I'm coaching, to pour into my daughter, to being fully present and where God has me, then I'm able to serve, um, and, and not be about me. You know, like Jackie just said, just, you know, to, to being about others and my best days are then when I'm all, all where, I, where my feet are, where my feet are planted and about the people that are around me. So golden. Thank you, Brooke. I'm going to go now to Anitra Burton. What do you have for us? I would say uh, being transparent on my journey as a child and as a mother, I have learned that it is important for me personally to make sure that I am a better mother than my mother. Not to take anything away from my mother. My mother did the best that she could do with what she knew, with what she understood, the environment that she was raised in and around. I wanted more for myself growing up and I knew that I was going to want more for my children when that day came and that day of course is here. So um, I, you know, strive for higher education. I'm a lifelong learner. So I've got multiple degrees now. My kids are looking at me like, do we have to do all that? No, you don't have to do all of that, but do something. We come from a family that values education, starting with me. I am a first-generation college student on this side. On the other side, there's tons of us with all kinds of degrees and coaches and stuff like that. But to make sure that my children do see Superwoman, like was said before, I will tackle any problem that is put in front of me and I will stay on it until it's done. But you're also going to see me cry and say, okay, this was too much. What could I have done differently? How could I have done that better? So they're going to see 
the, you know, the salty and the sweet. They're going to see the work get put in and they're going to see the reward that comes afterwards. I don't quit. And I've always instilled that in my children. If you can't go through the front door, go through the window. If there is no window, well, we're going to figure out how to make one and we're going to get it done. So that is, that is how I serve. And that is what I share with other mothers as well. You can do anything and you don't need outside affirmation to know that you are everything that you need because God's always given it to you. That message comes to me repeatedly. So I try to share that as much as possible. I love it. Thank you. We're going to go with Coach Newman. I'll use the last name. Tamika Newman. I know so many Tamika. <laughs> <laughs> my actual, my impact statement um, aligns with what it means to be a servant leader to me. And so I'll just insert her for my daughter. And I went over this with, with Chelsea last week, but it is, I want to be the guide that leads my daughter to understanding and accepting and knowing and constantly improving self in order to have freedom and power over her life. And that's so important to me because God, it took me 30 years to define winning for myself, to define um, success for myself. And I think if the sooner she gets that, she's going to have, you know, an amazing, amazing life to add to that truly serving my daughter is defining the role of mother for myself. So I didn't come from a family of high achievers, college graduates, pretty much weren't great at a lot of things. Um, so I didn't have the blueprint on how to be the first to do all these things, but be a great parent. Um, and then I just said, heck with that, scratch all that. There's no blueprint. I'm going to create the blueprint. And this is what it's going to look like. Um, and I had, you know, I feel great about um, the my decision making. I feel great about the decisions I make regarding her life. I check in with myself, um, and I kind of got a checklist. And I feel great about the decisions I make because I know that, you know, it's a hill I'm willing to die on. How I'm raising her, I am. <laughs> you know, I'm willing to die on that hill. And I'm okay with that. And that that's a certain level of freedom and power that's just, it's amazing. So that's my spill. Thank you so much. No, for sure. Thank you. And we'll close it on in. We had a couple of our moms had to hop off to go be moms and go be coaches. We're going to close it out with servant leader, Jessica Kern-Huff, who also, once she gives her answer, has a small announcement. I actually think it's big, but since she's humble, a small announcement for us all too. Uh, first of all, I wish you guys could see my father doing jumping jacks behind this computer, trying to get me off kilter, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but my tribe, right? <laughs> I needed my dad. First couple home games, I needed my dad and he's always a phone call away. But um, Tamika, I just want to say that, willing to say this, willing to die on that hill. What? That just hit me. Like it, it's such a, a, a loaded statement. Um, because we may not do a lot of things right. We may not have called the right play. We may not have trusted our right mind and switched up defense when we wanted to. But when it comes to parenting, for me and mine, I'm going to die on that hill. And so I just appreciate you for that. But um, for me, what is servant leadership? Um, servant leadership is humility. Um, I think Jackie made an amazing statement 
earlier when you have to uh, know your weaknesses. You have to know and address your weaknesses in order to be a, a phenomenal leader. I mean, that's just the truth. Um, we always say the creeds of it's not what we want to do, but it's what we have to do. And we're constantly strong and we have to be just steel, sharp and steel. But with all that being said, the thing that makes us so amazing as moms and as leaders is our vulnerability. Um, you And you guys, this is a platform. I'm, I mean, Jennifer Williams is on here, like shout out to sis. You know, I'm looking at amazing women that I literally have been able to mimic where I wanted my life to go. I have to say that because in this business, we're fighting for same positions. We're fighting for jobs. We're fighting for clout. We're fighting for winning. Winning at home is a different beast. That's just an amazing ministry that I did not always see growing up. And to be able to have worked with women and see women who handle it, mentor it, balance it, say when I'm wrong and admit it, you know, hype you up when you're right is amazing. So for me, being a servant leadership is about humility, um, but it's about leading with love. And it is about coming from an organic place that is not always given back. That's also motherhood, right? You're gonna change so many diapers, you're gonna get spit up on. You know, it's times like BJ's nine right now. I don't know why he has an attitude half the time, he just has an attitude. And then he came in my bed and cuddled with me last night. I don't know. But sometimes it's not always receiving that love back, but it's heard. It's heard, it's felt, and your ministry, just not only as a servant leader, to me, that's what it's about. I also, um, Anitra, had to break a generational curse. I had to be okay with loving and sometimes not getting loved back. I had to be okay with giving my love to someone that looked just like me and not always receiving it back because it's what you're supposed to. That had to be learned. I had to learn that, but that was a part of leadership and becoming a servant leader. And then my faith, guys, I'm not wavering on it. And, and I'm 41 years old. You're never gonna catch the kid wavering on my faith again, because that was something that I didn't wanna go toast to the line with anymore. My husband always says, I wake up two ways. I wake up angry because I know I gotta fight for everybody to look like me to get what I have. There's five of us in that position, but I wake up humble because I know God has given me so much and I can't take that for granted. And so Chelsea, the Jessica Kern Foundation, you know this guys, it has been, and because of many of you on this call, I've been able to literally travel. And at this point we have now an international contract and just speak life into people. And that is providing scholarships for young people. But some of you, some people do know this and don't know this. Some of you have donated to the foundation, um, have purchased current inclusive gear, but what I would absolutely love to do for you and some of the people on your staffs, I would like to give sweatshirts and jean jackets to absolutely everybody on this call. Um, Chelsea is going to get um, your addresses. Um, just quickly, these are the jean jackets. They have left foot, right foot. We also have create your own narrative. We have crop jackets, crop hoodies. Um, and sweatsuits as well. So I just wanna thank you guys for being a part of my journey. And it means so much because sometimes you don't get it back. I know when I was a coach, I needed to hear, I didn't need your validation. I just sometimes needed support. Well, now I'm seeing young people who are off the court, who need help, they can't afford school. And if I could be that vessel, Chelsea helped me get to this step. And we've been so blessed and people have poured in. So I just want to pour back. So guys, thank you for showing me outside of coaching 
that my purpose was truly to be a servant. And, and I'm grateful to all of you. We're grateful for you, sis. Definitely. We appreciate you. I know I'm about to be fine, about to be Dougie. I can't, you know, you know I'll tell you my size in a, in a couple of months. We'll see how, how that works. <laughs> no, but we really do appreciate you guys, man. This has been amazing. Uh, I cannot put into words simply how much I appreciate every last one of you. We had, um, you know, a few moms had to hop off to be moms, right? The, the very reason why I asked you all to join me on this call, and I thank you for the sacrifice. I thank you for the words of wisdom. It truly has hit home. And as I sit here, and like I said, before we even got on praying to God, how do I do this to as you said, uh, Jackie Carson, sit still, be still. It's time for me to be still, but I couldn't think of another way, a better way to do that than this before I sit still and receive God's greatest blessing that he's ever given me. So I thank each and every last one of you all for finding it not robbery to come on here. I know what your plates look like. I know what your schedules look like. But to have the yes that you all gave me and the yes that you always give me, there is no thank you that I could ever give. But I truly do appreciate every last one of you all for being on this call tonight. I really, really do. And I love you. Your new niece loves you from the bottom of our very hearts. Big time. Do know that I'll be sending you updates and all that good stuff when she arrives. Brooke, you're in Tallahassee, so you'll probably have a heads up on everybody. But I thank you guys so much for this big time. I love you guys, servant leaders. These are true servant leaders, moms and sports. We thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys next time.